0: Is it true that people can spontaneously combust? One minute they're there, and the next minute, poof! Welcome back to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and this week we look at the concept of spontaneous human combustion. It's all about a phenomenon that has baffled scientists, sceptics and believers for centuries. Human spontaneous combustion is it really possible? Well, before we jump into the fiery details, let's first understand what exactly human spontaneous combustion is. The concept of spontaneous combustion became a Part of popular culture and literature, with Charles Dickens even being a believer. This enigma refers to the phenomenon where an individual's body suddenly and inexplicably catches fire without an apparent external ignition source. This has been largely dismissed by the scientific community, but there have been numerous historical accounts of this happening. And as I've spoken about this before, I've witnessed this happen with a doll. Our journey into spontaneous combustion starts in the 17th century, where some of the earliest cases of this phenomena occurred. Let's head to Italy to hear the case of the tragic death of Countess Cornelia Zangiria Bandi. Cornelia was an Italian noblewoman and is generally most well known for her mysterious death. According to the 1745 issue of Philosophical Transactions of the Royal Society by the correspondent Paul Raleigh, during her last dinner, the 66-year-old Countess felt dull and heavy. Some actually report that she was quite the brandy drinker and that she used to sprinkle camphorated brandy on her body to relieve physical pain. This, I believe, is brandy, but as a solid, waxy substance. She retired to her bedroom with the maid accompanying her. The two were said to have spent over three hours chatting and praying until the maid left her mistress asleep. The next day, the maid was left confused when the countess didn't get up at the usual time. She headed to her quarters to wake her, but would have never expected to see what awaited her. The room was full of soot. In the bed, where the countess should be laying, was nothing but a pile of ashes. What was left were her lower legs below the knee, three fingers, and the front of her skull. The weirdest thing is... The bed and the rest of the furniture had not been affected by the fire, but were covered by a greasy, smelly substance. On the floor, there was an oil lamp covered with ashes, but with no oil in it. The sheets were found in a way that suggested that the Countess had gotten up at some point during the night. Let's hear the full account by Paul Raleigh. The Countess Cornelia Bandy, who was 62 years of age, was all day as well as she used to be but at night was observed when at supper, dull and heavy. She retired, was put to bed, where she passed three hours and more in familiar discourses with her maid and in some prayers, at last falling asleep, the door was shut. In the morning, the maid, taking notice that her mistress did not awake at the usual hour, went into the bedchamber and called her. But not being answered, doubting of some ill accident, opened the window and saw the corpse of her mistress in this deplorable condition. Four feet distant from the bed, there was a heap of ashes, two legs untouched from the foot to the knee, with their stockings on. Between them was the lady's head, whose brains, half of the back part of the skull and the whole chin, were burnt to ashes, amongst which were found three fingers blackened. All the rest was ashes, which had this particular quality that they left in the hand when taken up a greasy and stinking moisture. The air in the room also observed cumbered with soot floating in it. A small oil lamp on the floor was covered with ashes, but no oil in it. Two candles and candlesticks upon a table stood upright. The cotton was left in both, but the tallow was gone and vanished. Somewhat of moisture was about the feet of the candlesticks. The bed received no damage. The blankets and sheets were only raised on one side, as when a person rises up from it or goes in, the whole furniture as well as the bed was spread over with moist and ash coloured soot, which had penetrated into the chest of drawers, even to foul the linens. Nay, the soot was also gone into a neighbouring kitchen and hung on the walls. Movables aid utensils of it. From a pantry, a piece of bread covered with that soot and brown black was given to several dogs, all of which refused to eat it. In the room above it was moreover taken notice that from the lower part of the windows trickled down a greasy, loathsome, yellowish liquor, and thereabouts they smelled like a stink without knowing of what and saw the soot fly around. It was remarkable that the floor of the chamber was so thick smeared with a glueish moisture that it could not be taken off and the stink spread more and more through the other chambers. So who knows what could have happened here? But it does strike me odd that the whole room didn't go up in flames. And what was the substance left behind? I'm really, really hoping that someone had the intelligence to analyse it. It's the bed that also stumps me too normally you would expect the bed and the bed sheets to have caught on fire but there was no evidence of this this subject really fascinates me maybe italy has the answer well, Italy sent its best minds on the problem. Monsignor Biancini was one of them and was convinced that the fire wasn't started by the oil lamp. He wrote, Such an effect was not produced by the light of the oil lamp or any candles, because common fire, even in a pile, does not consume a body to such a degree and would have besides spread itself to the goods of the chamber more combustible than a human body. He came to the conclusion that the ignition must have occurred inside of the Countess's body. He carries on, The fire was caused in the entrails of the body by inflamed effluvia of her blood, by juices and fermentations in the stomach, by the many combustible matters which are abundant in living bodies, for the uses of life, and finally by the fiery evaporations which exhale from the settlings of spirit of wine, brandies and other hot liquors, in the tunica velocia, that's the inner lining of the stomach, and other fatty membranes. He claimed that such fiery evaporations became more flammable at night and suggests that static electricity might have ignited the combustible matters inside of her. However, the Countess had used, when she felt herself indisposed, to bathe all her body with camphorated spirit of wine, and she did it perhaps that very night. Camphorated spirits were often used to treat ailments, and the Countess was known to use these every night. And this is a highly flammable substance, and she would go to a bed in a room lit by naked flames. Oh, she doesn't sound very intelligent, does she? However, Biancini didn't think this had anything to do with the combustion. This he says, is not a circumstance of any moment, for the best option is that of the internal heat and fire, which, by having been kindled in the entrails, naturally tended upwards, finding the way easier and the matter more unctuous and combustible, left the legs untouched. The thighs were too near the origin of the fire, and therefore were also burnt by it, which was certainly increased by the urine and excrements, a very combustible matter, as one may see by its phosphorus. Now, any logical thinker would say that this was just an accident regarding the camphorated brandy. It certainly makes sense to me. I mean, who rubs themselves in alcohol and then goes into a room with naked flames everywhere? You're asking for trouble, aren't you? Also, I suppose the insides of a human body could, in theory, self-ignite. So, this case could be said to lack proper scientific investigation due to the limited understanding and technology of the times. It's essential to note that whilst these incidents are perplexing, they remain rare and contentious. Another well-known case of human spontaneous combustion comes from Florida in 1951 with a Mrs. Mary Hardy Risa. She was often referred to as the Cinder Lady in newspaper accounts. This incident left investigators scratching their heads, grappling with possible explanations. It was 8am on the 2nd of July, 1951, when Mary's landlady, Pansy Carpenter, arrived at Reese's apartment at 1200 Cherry Street, St. Petersburg, Florida, with a telegram. As she tried the door, she found that the doorknob was uncomfortably warm to the touch. She rang the police concerned. When the police arrived and got through the door, they found the ashes of Mary in the chair she would sit in. What was left of Mary was a part of her left foot, her backbone and her skull. Plastic objects close to the seat had lost their shapes and although her skull was found, it had shrunk to the size of a teacup. On the 7th of July, Police Chief Richard sent evidence to FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover. This included glass fragments, six small objects thought to be teeth, a section of carpet and a surviving slipper. Richard left a note. We request any information or theories that could explain how a human body could be so destroyed and the fire confined to such a small area and so little damage done to the structure of the building and the furniture in the room, not even scorched or damaged by smoke. The FBI declared Risa had been incinerated by the wick effect. This is when the clothing of the victim soaks up melted human fat and acts like the wick of a candle. Mary was a known user of sleeping pills and it was hypothesized that she had fallen asleep while smoking and set fire to her nightclothes. The FBI wrote in their report, once the body starts to burn, there is enough fat and other inflammable substances to permit varying amounts of destruction to take place. Sometimes this destruction by burning will proceed to a degree which results in almost complete combustion of the body. Now I am no scientist, But what if there was another reason? What if by chance negative energies and forces are at play here? I've seen with my own eyes my own husband's arm go up in flames and a doll. But more about that later. Now let's take a short break from combustion and hear this week's story from Rico, who is a drag queen in Bristol, also known as Alicia Vandel.
1: Hi Yvette, Uh, just wanted to send a voice note to tell you a bit about some of my experiences. Now I'm an absolutely huge 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 Most Haunted fan, I've been following it since the beginning and of course this podcast is absolutely incredible and it's gotten me through many a day getting ready for work. Uh, I'm a drag queen uh, as a job so I put it on in the dressing room whilst I'm getting into drag and into face, and it just, it's, I love it. Uh, But I really wanted to um, tell you about some of my experiences now after listening to your podcast for just over a year now. I've had quite a lot of bizar- bizarre things happened to me th- throughout my life, throughout childhood and and even more recently. Uh, I want to start off with a more recent experience I had where I was actually in, in Mykonos working um, last summer, the end of last summer, and I was in my house. Now, of course, Mykonos is a really old, old, old island, I don't, you know, the house is a new build, but, you know, who knows what was there before, uh, but I was in the house one night alone, I lived there alone, and I kept on feeling there was some, every night I would come home from, from work, and I would feel there was something in the house, when I went to bed, I just, I didn't feel comfortable at all, uh, I always felt on edge, and so, I, after listening to one of your podcasts, I said out loud, Um, to go away I said please go away I said you're free because I felt I didn't feel intimidated by them at all I just felt they were there but that was enough for me uh, to be panicky so I said "Uh, please go away I said you are more than welcome to visit me during the day I said but please don't visit me during the evening because you're frightening me now a few days after I had a call uh, I had a reading with a um, a psychic medium from Wales, uh, who didn't know me, didn't know anything about my job, where I was. Um, the call was done anon- anonymously, and she said she was she said to me she was reading the um, she was doing my reading at the time, and she said you spoke to the spirits in your house recently, um, and I said okay. She said they listened to you and they went, and that instantly made me feel a chill. Uh, then, uh, a few years before, I was sat in my, at my sewing machine in my house in Bristol and it was about 3 in the morning, I was desperate to get a costume done and my father had gone to bed and he was the only other person in the house and he was fast asleep and I'm sat at the sewing machine and I don't have a TV on, nothing, I'm just in my own world sewing away at this garment and all of a sudden I hear this immense rush of, how can I describe it? Like really fast running, stomping footsteps whooshing down the stairs. Um, now, I am sat with an eyesight of the stairs, but I'm facing away. Um, so I immediately froze and I couldn't bring myself to look it couldn't have been my father because it was just really fast, you know, and God bless him, he's nearly 60. It just couldn't have been him. Um, So I turned really slowly and there was nothing there. So, of course, I started to think, could it have been a ball? Could it have been a mouse? Could it have been something that had fallen? But it was someone running, and I know that for sure. And even now, as I'm telling you about it, it just brings a chill to me. But yeah, my house in in Bristol um, has been partial to many um, haunted affairs over the last couple of years. Uh, I believe my grandparents are still there. Every now and again we'll get immense um, smells surround us. Um, For example, uh, my grandmother's perfume will just appear and it will engulf it will engulf me and i'll be completely overwhelmed and i'll know she's there because i can smell her perfume and then just as quickly as it appeared it goes um we've had things like kettle switching on and uh taps coming on and off and i always recall a story my parents told me when i was younger uh where we're very they're they're very strong i'm roman catholic i'm not as practicing as they are uh, but they called a priest over they got quite frightened when this happened they witnessed a uh, a tray uh, levitate off the worktop and get thrown across the room. And then we had the house blessed. Yes, I just wanted to share some of those encounters with you. Um, I have tried to do a few ghost hunts myself in Bristol. We actually tried to do a little YouTube mini series uh, just before the pandemic, where I was in drag hosting this little show. And I had um, a guest on, uh, usually from from Drag Race UK. And we would uh, conduct these little ghost hunts in various locations around Bristol. We didn't keep doing it because then we got quite busy with other things, but I'd love to bring it back. It was incredible. And I'm, of course, waiting for you to bring the Most Haunted experience back to Bristol so I can jump on board and come and do that. But um, I hope you enjoyed this and uh, thank you so much and thank you so much for your incredible podcast i absolutely adore it and it saved me from boredom so many times but not only that it's enlightened me on so many different things as well uh in the subject of the paranormal so thank you yvette and thank you to your team and um thank you for everything
0: Hi, Rico. I must watch out for you on a night out. I love what you do. and I'm so pleased that you spoke out loud to the spirit. You see, it does work. I'm thinking that you definitely have a past resident living in your home in Bristol. Remember, your grandparents will only ever be gentle and never frighten you. The perfume being a beautiful example but the running to me is definitely a past resident either haunting the stairs or in the, in your house or that particular running up and down the stairs the sound of it could just be stone tape theory you know years gone by uh, of people using the stairs running up and down it and you're just hearing the recording of those noises the other things that have happened in your home i believe is definitely caused by this old owner bring back your ghost hunts i'd love to see them oh go on do one specially for me i know everybody else would love to see them too much love to you rico now back to our fiery subject In the modern era, science has a more robust understanding of combustion, human physiology and fire behaviour. Skeptics argue that many cases can be explained by factors such as external ignition, like candles or cigarettes, combined with what is known as the wick effect, which we've just explained. This theory suggests that once a fire starts in the body's fatty tissues, it can smolder for hours, explaining the apparent spontaneity. However, for those who do believe, some say that this combustion could be due to biochemical reactions in the body, possibly involving built-up gases that could lead to internal ignition, with the human body mainly water, we'd need to identify an ignition source powerful enough to ignite the body from within without leaving external evidence. So, my terrifying experience occurred on camera at Codnor Castle Farmhouse. And many of you will have seen that Most Haunted episode. And if you haven't, give it a watch. It's well worth a watch, especially late at night. Now, Carl and I were given a doll from a lady who bought it with her to a Most Haunted Experience. And she said she didn't want it in her house anymore because she believed it was cursed. Would Carl and I like it? Well, Unbeknownst to me, Carl took it off her hands. Kept that quiet for a bit. Uh, And when I found out about it, I wasn't best pleased, as you can imagine. Now, I know I've spoken about this before, so I won't bore you by going over all the details again, but it was extraordinary and blows my mind every time I think about it. There we all were, cameras rolling in the middle of our investigation. We'd set the doll standing in front of a wooden beam and had placed a locked-off camera in front of it. Stuart was at the other end of an attic and it was a big big attic there were like three separate rooms um sort of all converged into one space Stuart was at the other end of the attic where we placed the doll and you can hear his voice and you can when you watch the video it's bizarre because I think he smells the smoke first and then he sees the red flames um and these flames are licking at the wooden beam. And so, of course, he ran towards the other end of the attic and cried out as he saw the doll had just gone up in flames. He put the fire out quickly, and thankfully, nothing else was touched or destroyed. Can you imagine if that wooden beam had gone up? Wow. Or we'd been, can you imagine if Stuart hadn't been up there? That was absolutely terrifying. Well, after being scared to death and very worried, we carried on the investigation and Carl was the next to experience fire. So this is where the whole thing takes a horrible dramatic twist because for me, an animate object had been set on fire. That was scary enough. And then here comes the uh, spontaneous human combustion. Carl was with Stuart in another part of the building. But you know what? I'll let him explain exactly what happened.
2: Well, I think we were all a bit nervous after the doll had caught fire and all very careful uh, of where we were going. So Stuart and I left that part of the building and went into uh, the next door house uh, cottage um, there. And we, we were just walking... Through the corridors, and it was getting the atmosphere was getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And we heard a noise upstairs, so there were just the two of us in this part of the cottage. We walked up the stairs and we went into one room. The atmosphere was so heavy, it was difficult to breathe. Um, And just out of the blue, we saw a flash in the corner of the room, and that's what I noticed was a flash. And I actually said, "What's that?" Look, and then we Stuart noticed my arm was on fire. Uh, took the coat off, uh, put it on the floor, jumped on it and put the flames out. And it was shocking because I couldn't comprehend that in 20 years of doing this, nothing like that has ever happened. Yes, something happened next door, but this is a personal thing. This is something trying to catch me on fire. And the ramifications of that are quite horrific. Um, my my arm was slightly singed. The, the hairs were all uh, burnt off, but... It was something that was a very personal thing, and and it really frightened me. It took me back. It, it I tried to hide it as much as I could for the camera, but it really did. Uh, it scared me, and it wasn't that long after that where Yvette actually ended the investigation, said, "That's it, we're done." Um, and I'm pretty sure Stuart shouted to Yvette, "The car's on fire!" I think, which was which was quite a scary thing for Yvette to hear, but. It was afterwards, which was the most fascinating for me, we got Gary Williams, who was um, a firefighter for uh, Cheshire Fire and Rescue Service. Now, he took the doll and the coat, well, um, he took a, the, the sleeve of the coat, um, and they analysed it for us to because we needed to make sure that there was nothing untoward going on or what could have caused the fire. And they came back with there was no accelerant found on any part of the doll or the coat there is no ignition uh, point on the coat or the doll and he said so f- as far as they're concerned the start of both of these fires is unknown now that alone i find from a professional firefighter who did a full analysis of these both these items that is amazing surely that has to be paranormal
0: So with his testimony and the Cheshire Fire Brigade's report, it left us with so many questions and hardly any answers at all. I really believe, I really, really do. In that situation, negative entities really did cause those two fires. I'm not saying all human spontaneous combustion is caused this way. Of course not. In some cases, there may well be a logical and scientific explanation. But in our case, the ones that we experienced, there is only one explanation. So have you ever seen or witnessed spontaneous human combustion or anything going up in flames without a logical explanation? Or have you experienced anything paranormal whatsoever? Or is there a location, a building, a haunting that you think we need to cover on the podcast? If you do, get in touch with me and share your stories at contact at paranormalpod.co.uk. We are on WhatsApp. Don't be shy. Leave us a voice note. And it's 75 999 We are on Instagram and we do share um, some photos and videos on there. So have a look uh, at that. Our handle is at Paranormal Activity Pod. And you can stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow. And we'll be back again same time next week. But if you can't wait until then, visit www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early. Have a great week. Stay safe. And remember, things aren't always as they seem.